Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here. Uh, an off day for the Bucks. Three straight wins. We know uh, that. We discussed the win over Minnesota yesterday. Bucks basketball has been fun again over the last few days. I think spirits have been lifted a little bit. And I did tease this yesterday, but joining me today, I always say this every time we talk that it's been far too long. This time it legitimately has been far too long, but you know this face, you know this voice from the Bucks Digital Channels, from Fox Sports Wisconsin, Zora Stevenson. How you doing? Ken, you know it's been far too long and it's all your fault because every time you ask me, I say <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> uh, but just glad to be back. Always happy to chat with you. Well, I don't know how you can possibly say that. I asked if you wanted to podcast last week and I gave you a half an hour window. Is that not enough? Is that not enough? Well, that, no, that is true. You did ask me. I was just... <laughs> want um between tv and virtual events and everything that the bucks have going on so you're right i did but i'm glad that we figured this out kind of slowing down a bit as we head into the all-star break and like you said yeah bucks basketball is i don't want you don't want to say like it's fun again it's always <laughs> fun but right now it's definitely having some light-hearted moments which is great to see considering um the last two weeks that the team had kind of gone through especially that long road trip and then it seemed like the road trip trickled in to when they got back home with that Toronto miniseries. So I'm really interested by this regular season and I think the last two seasons and how dominant they've been and and honestly how monotonous it became that the Bucks play a game of basketball they win by 20 points you know exactly what's going to happen I know that certainly listeners to this show would love the Bucks to win every single game and I think we all would I mean winning is fun but I have found myself this regular season being more interested in watching the games, having less of an idea what I'm actually going to see, and also being more excited about how all these new faces start to fit in. Have you found that as well? Because it is such a strange regular season in general with the environment, but I think the on-court stuff from a Bucks perspective has been really interesting. I 100% agree. It was like last season, it was predictable. You knew exactly what was going to happen, uh, and this season, you know, you know, people ask, oh, what do you think will happen tonight? And I'm like, I really don't know, <laughs> which, is, which is fun from a fan perspective and a professional perspective because it keeps you on your toes, it keeps you interested. And um, I just, I think it's an exciting group and it'll just continue to pick up once Drew gets back. So Frank actually brought this up yesterday and I didn't think about this till right now, but we have you here, so I'm going to ask you. He was discussing the idea of fans being back in the arena and it just really is hard to tell what impact that has or how that even sounds or how that even looks on the broadcast because there's still the, the fake audio over the top and you really just have no sense for what it's like in there. Uh, is it, and I imagine you know, anyone that's been to any sporting event with a couple of hundred people, it does make a difference. But what does it actually sound like in there? Is it uh, an impactful difference to, to Fiserv? I think it would be jarring to you, Kane, just because your last experience inside Pfizer Forum 
this vibrant, packed, sold out crowd, right? When you've been going to Fires Reform for months and it's been completely empty and we've been living in isolation for almost a year and then you start to sprinkle in hundreds of people, you're like, oh, you do feel, so I was, you know, walking around the concourse and I was like, whoa, there's a lot of people here. When in reality, 1800 is nothing. Um, so I say all that to say it does make a difference. And I think it's because players, coaches, staff, everybody was used to nothing. Um, and it was, we were, you know, nothing was becoming normal, unfortunately. And so players have said, even kind of coach Bud alluded to it. You notice the difference. I will say on TV, it is hard to tell because they still, like you said, have the piped in noise and the fan noise. So it sounds even more vibrant. I feel like on TV at times, I'm like, it's not that loud in the arena. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just adds this like spirit and energy. I even feel for like my reporting purposes, my energy has lifted because I can feel everybody else around me where it's hard to get that and muster that up from within when it's dead silent around you. So just imagine if you're trying to, you know, play basketball in that environment, definitely something that the players have had to adjust to, of course, all around the league, but still definitely an adjustment. Yeah. The Giannis tech in yesterday's game, which again, I mean, I don't think we even really brought this up on yesterday's show, but when, it's just a ridiculous rule. It's if you dunk on someone, you're allowed to stand and down. Like, come on, what are we doing here? But there was booing after that. And I was in my head, I was trying to think, is DJ Shorter just like hitting the booing button right now? Or is this the crowd in the arena? I couldn't quite tell. That was a button. Like you, it's not like boisterous enough to be able to hear yeah. like a college here. Yeah. <laughs> um, that definitely was probably, you know, piped in. But I love the tech. I, it just <laughs> kind of, we talk about passion and energy. Uh, haven't seen that in a while. And then it's just contagious. And um, it kind of flows. So I, di- I didn't mind it, you know? Little mean mug stare in the face, I'm with it. <laughs> but, you, but, you don't like the, but you like the rule, or you don't, just, just to be clear. Well, I, you know, it's such a gray line. Like, how are, you, how are you supposed to, as a referee, evaluate that fine line between, he could have been looking, you know, in the near vicinity of Carl Anthony Towns. You know what I'm saying? Like, his, so how are you going to justify or guess what's in somebody's head does that make sense like um so that's that's a hard call to make yeah. um i hope you're not making it at the end of the game you know at that point it, you know <laughs> well my big concern my big concern is that if you give the first tech then you're setting yourself up for trouble because a couple of minutes after that he had an even bigger dunk and he kind of gave the look, but it was kind of the look that he would normally give to the fans in the front row. And it was the same ref. And I was like, oh, my God. It's like this ref want to, like, eject him? You can't, you, you can't eject somebody off. I mean, you could, right. but, like, come on, really? Right. I think that would definitely be, be a talker. So eh, the rule to me, I mean, I think, you know, the guys on TNT, once I got back home, you know, they have the post-game show and they're wrapping up everything. Um, they were saying, I mean, and, you know, five, 10 years ago, that would have never been a technical foul. So as the game evolves, you know, it is what it is. All right. We did get some news this morning. Uh, The schedule has come out. And this year, obviously, it's a different situation with with the schedule being released in two parts. I think we were all kind of wondering uh, when the second half was going to come out. But just a a quick look at this. And it's funny because I, I... always imagine for someone like yourself and to be fair even in the past years i've done this and tried to figure out okay which games am i going to go to here where where am i traveling and the bucks have 
a lot of travel coming up. And particularly if I look at the month of April, they only have five home games and I think around 10 uh, on the road. But uh, how weird is this? Just this general situation where they dropped the schedule in the second half. Did you wake up this morning and, and quickly look at it? Are you like, eh, I'm not even traveling. I'll figure it out as it comes. Where are you at with all this? Well, I have to be honest with you, just for selfish reasons, I wanted to know the schedule because, you know, um, I hope I do more than just work, right? So I wanted to <laughs> see what my life would look like for the next three months. So that helped. But, you know, what, what stood out to me when I looked at it is, I mean, it's wonky. It's all over the place, but it's these mini series. The Bucks have some tough mini series. I think they have to play Brooklyn, not back to back, but you know what I'm saying, consecutive games. They've got to do the same thing with Philadelphia. I mean, one could argue that's going to be great for them because it'll be a test and it'll kind of give you that, you know, the coaches have been calling these miniseries a playoff feel. Um, and so you get to kind of have a pre-playoffs to a matchup you may see down the line. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a not so good thing because you want to win those games and you don't want to show those teams too much. So it puts coaches in a tough position. Um, on how they approach things. And just from like me looking at it, I'm like, those are two tough games. <laughs> um, Got to play Philly, you know, consecutive games and Brooklyn, consec Boston as well. I'm looking at the schedule. You got to play Boston. Obviously, this is all on purpose just to kind of muster up the competition. All those teams, what, top four in the league? I mean, or in the Eastern Conference standings. Yeah, I'm looking at the end of March or from the middle of March through to the start of April here. And you've got... At Philadelphia, uh, then you've got San Antonio, Indiana, back-to-back -back against Boston, then New York. Then you go on the road to the Clippers, Lakers, Portland, Sacramento, Golden State, Dallas. And then you're home for one game on a back-to-back, -back, then you're back out on the road again. I mean, this is the seriously brutal schedule. And you look at some of the teams that are involved there, obviously Philadelphia first in the East. We know the two LA teams. And even as you mentioned, Boston are playing not well at the moment, and I think they're losing again tonight. So they're really struggling. But historically, they've been a team that have played really close games against the Bucks, and they have a bit of a rivalry, mm -hmm. so it's not going to be easy. So I think with the standings and the way that I look at it right now in the East and how bunched up it is, it's, <laughs> it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a war zone trying to get to the postseason here and figure out this seeding. For sure. And, you know, the question is how much does seeding matter to all mm -hmm. of these teams? I mean, once you're in that playoff spot where you don't have to go to the play-in, that's, that's key, right? Nobody wants to to do the playing situation but once you kind of cemented your spot how much does it matter to you to be first or four, especially if it's all jumbled i mean if you have a team like boston that's six or seven you still don't want to play them in the first round i mean no matter how they did during the regular season um they know how to win playoff basketball and it's kind of all the same pieces that have won you know series prior um still playing without marcus smart i believe so that'll be different once he's back um Kimball Walker clearly still working through some things but not a team you want to play early um I look at a team like the Charlotte Hornets right <laughs> young funky. uh do you necessarily want to play them first round uh, it's it's interesting the east is is really interesting I think the goal for everybody is just to get to the playoffs healthy um I think that's the goal every year but especially this season um but then also here's the thing Kane is like by the time you get to you know, May and June, home court advantage may be a thing. Um, and so previously, you know, you were thinking, ah, especially in this certain climate, how much does home court advantage matter? It may really end up mattering um, down the line as, you know, more cities start to allow fans in these buildings and take away fans just being able to sleep in your own bed and 
have all your resources and facilities available to you. It's been really interesting to look at that from the top, the teams at the top of the East, actually, and you know this from being in Fiserv and seeing the Bucks uh, definitely look more comfortable. They win at home. It's a still a tough building to come in and win. I know they just had the two losses to Toronto, but outside of that, uh, the Bucks are twelve and four at home uh, and only seven and nine on the road. And the same goes for Philadelphia at the top of the East, thirteen or two at home. Uh, they're eight and nine on the road, so a below five hundred team on the road. So uh, this is something I've been trying to figure out myself. But I still think, regardless of the situation, you're going to want home court, and if you're the Bucks, uh, it's going to make a big difference because I think it's still something we look back on last year and say that who knows, who knows what would have happened if the Bucks would have been able to play uh, at Fiserv Forum. All right, Zora, we are going to talk about betonline.ag now because betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Uh, I'm not a hockey fan, but I saw this game. I guess they were playing in Lake Tahoe last week or something like that. I don't know. I'm not all that interested in hockey. I went to an Admirals game once and there was a fight. That was pretty cool. But these outside games that they do have, I will say it looks pretty damn cool. So anyway, that's that's honestly my, my hockey take of the 2021 season. But Bet Online uh, even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. Uh, you can get real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine in live time. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Milwaukee Bucks, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to talk about Giannis a fair bit today, and and the big Mm. part of this, I always say this, but when I get to watch games at home and I'm not in the arena, the beauty of that is I get to listen to you guys on Fox Sports Wisconsin, and it's always a fun broadcast. But the thing that I love about the way that you do the job, Zora, is that it's not just a simple update on what's happening in the game or this this is happening or it's more in-depth about what we're seeing in the Zoom calls, what we're hearing from the players. And one of the interesting storylines for me this year has been Giannis uh, and his attitude towards the regular season. And I don't think that this has just been something that has come up because the Bucks started losing games because if you go back to uh, the really short training camp that they had, he was saying all the same things. This certainly seems like it's been an attitude shift from Giannis in regards to we've been the top team the last two years in the regular season. Ultimately, we haven't got where we wanted to in the postseason. We look at other teams, perhaps the LeBron James team, where for the last decade, he's been using the regular season as a way to get prepared and try and peak at the right time. So how have you sort of viewed this attitude shift from the whole team? But there's no doubt it starts at the top with Giannis. For sure. I mean, it's noticeable. I mean, a couple of losses in a row, shoot, one rare loss <laughs> last season. And you could tell that Giannis was upset. I mean, his emotions were on his sleeve, so to speak. And this season is not so much. Even if he is frustrated, we would not know, right? Um, and he just, I think it's even in the, you know, 
the cadence that he's speaking to the media. It's it's very lighthearted, um, very open, and very honest to me. Like, I mean, his answers um, seem very genuine and not like he's holding anything back, right? And um, we appreciate him for it. But yeah, it's, it was clear to me, like, I'm like, what's different, Giannis? Um, what's this approach? I mean, maybe it's an approach to basketball. Maybe it's just a life approach. And his answer to that was, I mean, you know, he likes to talk about the fact that you know, he's getting older and I always tend to like roll my eyes. I'm like, late 20s is not old. <laughs> like if I, you know, I'm in my late 20s and if I were to say that people would roll their eyes. So, um, but I think what he means by that is he's maturing, right? He's a father, he's a partner. Um, and so at the end of the day, I think he's realizing losing a basketball game is not the worst thing. Also, um, the Bucks have dominated the regular season two seasons in a row and then kind of had similar results in the postseason. So there's, you know, this other ideology that if you're like kind of doing the same thing, but you want a different result, you're not doing it the right way. So maybe Giannis is like, Hey, I need to change my approach. Obviously we're changing schemes offensively and defensively. The front office um, changed up personnel. Me as the leader, maybe I need to change my mindset and not focus so much on the next game and focus on the big picture. And what I really see is Giannis um, keying in on the big picture. Now, does he still have this like lighthearted, giddy, joyful, joyful play play when it comes to the first round of the playoffs? I don't know, but if it's working, I I would assume he'd keep it, you know, (laughs) Uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, And I do applaud, you know, not just Giannis, but like the entire team for just their positivity through that five game skid, because they could have like, and again, it's, it's what they show us publicly, but it's, um, it was just noticeable that nobody, even Coach Bud, seemed very calm through that skid. Nobody was freaking out. Um, and I think there was a lot of factors. I mean, the road right now is tough. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, you don't have your main facilitator, point guard, and then even more than that, I, organizer. You know, I mean, Drew just kind of corrals the troops. And, like, think of, like, right now without Drew, like, who is the verbal leader on the team? I mean, Giannis is the leader, but he's a lead-by-example type guy. We know Chris Middleton's demeanor, and he's come a long way with his leadership. But um, Drew really is, like, the heart and soul. He reminds me a little bit of, like, the energy of George Hill. And just what I mean by that is when he talks, it's clear that people are listening. Um, And so I definitely think the team missed that and, um, you know, does well because of that energy and because of that leadership. Yeah, one thing that I still remember from earlier in the season when we were talking to Bud um, about Drew Holiday and how he was fitting in, because you would have noticed this, but Drew sometimes says stuff in the post game where I'm like, oh, wow, this is kind of straightforward. Uh, and he's very direct. And I'm like, man, I'm not used to hearing players talk like that. And sometimes it was his uh, openness to not be necessarily satisfied with some things they were doing on the court, which is kind of takes you takes you back a little bit because that's not something that we've used to uh, being used to hearing from the players. So certainly Drew Holiday, I, I mean, not only his talent, but as you said, everything else he brings. Clearly, it's hard for me to really read too much into the results when he's not there because, again, you project forward to the postseason and if he's not there, then I don't know where your expectations are for what the team can achieve. That's just the reality. As far as Giannis goes, I, I would be interested to know and you know this, when we would walk into the locker room in previous seasons and the Bucks had lost, and you're right, it might have been a random January Wednesday night against the Knicks, but if the Bucks had have lost, Giannis would be sitting there 
uh, ankles in an ice bucket, head down, staring at his phone, not talking to anyone. Thanasis would probably be trying to say something in his ear, but Giannis is just completely ignoring him. And mm-hmm. he was just not happy. He'd come, he'd do his media only because he had to, but you know he didn't really want to do it. And I do wonder this year, we don't get that type of look and we don't get that inside look into his attitude. But certainly by the time he comes to the podium, he's you know switched and he's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm happy. It doesn't really matter. And he moves on. There's probably a lot of factors to that. I think probably being separated from basketball a little bit, even during the regular season and not being, not spending so much time locked into basketball, obviously being a father, as you pointed to, I think there's a, a number of factors, but I would be interested to, to see that side, uh, which obviously we haven't been able to. I also think, and you know, I appreciate the job that we do. Obviously I'm in this field and I, I think it's important but like having a computer in your face versus 23 <laughs> microphones is a different thing, right? And, um, you know, on any given night, say it was like a national TV game. I mean, the scrum would be just huge. It'd be people from out of town. It would be the normal beat people. It would be, you know, people that kind of pop in and out. It would have just been a whole thing. And now, I mean, as you see, Giannis pulls up to the Zoom and he recognizes everybody on the call because it's kind of like the same group every night and you may have a couple pop in and out. Um, but he's comfortable, and it's clear um, he's comfortable with kind of the Bucks beat crew. Um, and he realized, okay, these are the people that are going to be here. And um, you know, I mean, I think deep down we're all Bucks fans, right? We all, you know, root for the team, uh, whether it's public or not. So he realized, okay, these people are not, you know, out to get me. And so he's he's comfortable with that group. I just think it's so different. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to, you know you know, on the record, talk to some of the players just about how they feel the difference in all the, the media. I think you'd probably get a lot of positive reviews just about this. If there's one silver lining, um, it's the fact that they get to just kind of have some separation. Um, imagine, you know, just, you know, the locker room. And I know it comes with the territory and they're athletes and they have a great lifestyle and they make good money and all these things. But still, like, you have all these strangers coming into the locker room when you're trying to shower and get changed. <laughs> We're just all up in your face. Um, you know, I don't think they mind mind the Zoom situations. <laughs> uh, no, I hundred percent agree. That's that. That would be something that would frustrate me, even though I'm I'm someone in there trying to talk to those guys. But uh, th- that... no, we like can't stand the Zooms, right? I mean, oh yeah, there, it sucks. There's nothing like you know just regular conversations in person. Um, so from my perspective, I can't stand the Zooms. But you know, I understand players have a different ideology there you did mention the happiness as well and he spoke about that a little bit last night and one of the interesting answers that he had was obviously uh in regards to liam being able to come and watch him i think he said mariah said that liam was being a little bit too noisy in the stands (laughs) so have you heard liam carrying on uh is he is he going to be a problem for a fisa forum security if he's been a little bit too (laughs) rowdy uh, but that I honestly think that that's been a big part of him, uh, you know, enjoying basketball again. We spoke about the fact that some fans come in, but he really does uh, thrive off playing for the fans. Uh, yeah. And also uh, now, obviously, that his family can come in. It's it's a cool thing. And clearly, like, he wasn't able to hide his smile last night when that photo got brought up that he took with Liam on the court. Right, right. The only thing I think of is, you know, Liam was in this world last season too. And... Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a different approach and obviously Pfizer Forum was packed. So I, you know, I, I do think um, diving deep into fatherhood, but maybe, I mean, I think just the pandemic in general and isolation has 
not change people, but your values are way more um, clear. So, um, you know, maybe that's it. But um, it was cool. You know, I can't remember what quarter it was, but one of those mean mugs was like half the smile um, the <laughs> other day. And I was like, I mean, it's just, it's awesome to see all the guys having fun because at the end of the day, basketball is a game and it should be fun. Listen, while we've got you on the pod, I want to talk about shooting a little bit. I mean, it would be silly of me not to do that. Uh, but yeah. one last point on Giannis and happiness. I just really just quickly want to say this. The last few games we've seen Thanasis on the court with Giannis, which I yeah. honestly thought there was something in the contract at the start of the season or in previous seasons where Bud wasn't physically allowed to have those two on the court at the same <laughs> time. Sometimes they would sub for each other, but you very, yeah. very rarely saw them on the court together. The last few games you've seen them out there. Uh, just honestly take away the results, take away anything, but just seeing those two on the court together and how happy they are. And anytime anyone does something, you feel like they're about to tackle them to the ground and start celebrating in the middle of the second quarter. It's just an enjoyable experience to watch. Fun. Cool. I mean, you know, those are the words that come to mind. Um, how awesome it must be for those two to be able to compete at the highest level, highest level together. That's awesome. An amazing experience. All right, it's time now to talk about our friends over at rockauto.com, which we know is the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to stop by for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, even if you are a complete novice like me quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer uh, it is really easy to find whatever you need uh, as long as you have some sort of idea of the general direction you want to head in you'll be able to find it easily on the website the best part about it is the prices at rockauto.com are the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers like myself so why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you that's locked on in the how did you hear about us box amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, we have two conversations for you to wrap up the month. First, a discussion on protest in sports across leagues. Then tune in for a discussion on the importance of black history in sports. What's being achieved and the important work left to do will be all part of the discussion on the Locked On Presents podcast feed. Subscribe on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Giannis free throws has been a theme. Well, really, it's been a theme for, for years, but it's certainly been mm -hmm. a, a positive theme over the last month or so. And this number has been referenced a lot, but over the last 15 games, Giannis is at 73% on 11 attempts per game. And, you know, he had that one game against Sacramento where he had 24 attempts and the, the time of game was extended by about an hour because of Giannis's free throws, uh, free throw mm -hmm. attempts. But it's clear that he's in a nice rhythm right now. He's feeling confident. And we've always speculated that we believe that it's probably more mental than physical. I mean, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing to do. He's had bad experiences at the free throw line when it comes to, to the playoffs. One thing that's interesting to me, and I, I don't know if you've picked up on this, we've spoke about it just a little bit on this show, but if you remember back to a month ago, 
uh, I think it was, was it Toronto? I can't remember what game it was, but where they were counting out loud and it really threw us off that, that, yeah. And it, it really threw us off that Giannis openly admitted that it bothered him because we were like, Oh my goodness, for a guy that's had some troubles at the free throw line, why is he admitting this? Every team is going to do this. The next game or ever really since then, he's delayed his free throw routine. He won't let the umpire give him the ball. He'll take like a practice free throw. He'll get taking his deep breaths and then he'll get the ball because then the clock will start and then he can come inside the, the 10 seconds, which is kind of just a really funny thing to me. And I, I, if I'm going to be worried about anything, it's the fact that teams are just going to say, well, what are you doing? Like he's taking too long and then he's going to go on this great run and then he's going to have to change his routine again. I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you seeing with him uh, at the free throw line this year? Well, more so I'm seeing Thanasis uh, on the sideline knocking on wood every time Giannis goes <laughs> to the stripe. And, of course, neither of them want to talk about it because uh, they don't want to mess up the mojo. But that's what I'm seeing. Um, no, but I do notice kind of the air jumper and asking the referee to hold off before uh, he then gets the basketball. Smart move by Giannis. Um, you know, will teams pick up on it? You know, we'll see. Um, I feel like some other players – you know, and that's kind of a smart thing. It's the same um, mindset of like, you don't get the ball from the referee on an inbounds play until you're absolutely ready. So that's why you'll see players like tie their shoes or kind of walk in a circle to everybody's set because once the referee hands you the ball, that's when the count starts. So I think it's the same thing at the free throw line, you know, okay, let me get set. Let me get my mind right. Then hand me the basketball. So kudos to Giannis for figuring out what works for him. Um, And if teams figure it out, well, he's already adjusted once this season. I'm sure he can figure out kind of a, another routine but it's nice to see him kind of get in a groove and shoot over 70 percent in the month of february for you personally though i mean how disruptive would that be i mean we've seen honestly i I could go through and say we've seen eight or nine different variations of Giannis at the free throw line in the last two years um for yourself if you are if you do project ahead and think that maybe something will happen where he'll have to change it up again he's in this great rhythm how difficult yeah. is it if you're a shooter at the free throw line? It, it feels like a, a huge percentage of that should be routine, right? Yes. I mean, any shot on the floor, it takes like over 2,000 reps for it to become second nature to you. So however long it would take you to get to 2,000 free throws, you know, kind of practicing if you want to start a new routine. Um, personally, for me, when I was playing, I on purpose did not have a routine. So literally the refer- referee handed me the ball. I caught it on the seams took a breath and shot it because I didn't want anything to go wrong. Once you dribble, like what if the dribble's off? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you have a dribble, if you have like, you know, put it behind your back, whatever it may be, if anything's off, then like your routine is off. Um, So I just didn't want to have that margin of error. So yeah, I mean, switching it up wouldn't be ideal. The only reason I brought that up is because he's already switched it this, I mean, he switched it before the season. It was clear, right? Just from the level that he was shooting it. Then he switched it again to not taking so long with the basketball and kind of holding off the referee. So clearly he has the ability to kind of switch it up month to month and still find success. So um, he's figured that part out, which is positive. Hmm. So Zora Stevenson is the anti-Yanis at the free throw line, just gets the ball and knocks it down. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, of course, I would never be in a position to advise, you know, like an NBA player, but I'm just saying, like, if somebody, I would just say, hey, catch it breathe and shoot it like you know um just because i think as a shooter like my favorite shot i wasn't off the dribble like i like to catch and shoot so that's how i treated my free throws like a catch and shoot like why why speed it up or do something different so whatever works for you like when he's going to the lane i mean it's never like 
off a cut, usually he's driving. So I guess there would be a dribble, but like would a step, you know, like a one, two step work for him. He's always, you know, doing a Euro step to the basket. I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing things out there, but obviously, I mean, you know, what he's doing right now is working. So don't switch it up. Well, it's interesting because uh, for how long he takes at the free throw line, I remember being in Toronto for the conference finals in 2019 uh, still the loudest building I've been in uh, for those games, particularly as Toronto started to get rolling a little bit. And I remember Giannis being at the free throw line and obviously going through his 10-second routine. And with every second, the crowd got louder and louder and louder and louder. And I've always thought that as well on the road. It feels like you're putting more pressure on yourself the longer you take. Uh, so we'll see. But speaking of shooters, before we wrap this up, you got to be having fun watching Brent Forbes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh so fun. I, I mean, if you appreciate shooting, I mean, just to have like a pure shooter like Bryn Forbes. And what I appreciate is the confidence and his ability to get it off. He doesn't need a lot of space and he doesn't need to be 100% on balance. And like for Bryn, I can tell that he's going to shoot it before the ball even gets to his hands. Right. Like you can just tell he's he's ready to go. Um, and his teammates are looking for him. So definitely somebody fun to watch. And it's nice, too. I mean, I know he was starting for a little bit, but I think having that spark off the bench is so impactful. I mean, you have the spark in Bobby Portis, obviously, but to kind of have somebody off the bench that maybe wasn't necessarily in that first part of the scouting report, he can technically kind of get lost for an opponent, and that can kind of bite you in the butt. Uh, You're so focused on Giannis and Chris and all the starters, and Bryn comes off the bench and starts hitting threes. I think that's a, a great asset to have. Yeah, I think it's twofold. I think, first of all, I mean, when Drew's back, it's completely different. I don't think you need the offense necessarily from Bryn Forbes anyway because you have that covered. And with Drew Holiday out, I do think the Bucks have benefited from having a true point guard in the starting lineup. But you know, for all the good things that Bryn Forbes does, uh, he's not necessarily a creator off the dribble or an organizer offensively. So I, I think that it made sense for the balance of the team. It's interesting, though, because Forbes has really been a, a permanent starter for San Antonio the last two years. So I'm sure... There's an adjustment there, but he spoke about it yesterday and he seems totally fine with playing whatever role. And I, I think overall, for him as a shooter, anytime he's on the floor with Giannis, who he already has this fantastic chemistry with, uh, he's got to be having fun right now because he's finding himself getting some some pretty open looks. And clearly, I think he's had 47% now from three. So it's uh, it's been fun to watch for sure. No, yeah, I mean, like he keeps saying, I'm open, so I'm going to shoot it. You know what I mean? <laughs> For Bryn, it's, it's so interesting. We ask him all these questions about a shot, and I get the vibe like, guys, it's not rocket science. I know how to shoot the basketball, <laughs> and I'm on the team where everybody has to collapse, and I'm open, so I shoot it. Um, and I love that um, because he knows what he's good at, and he just continues to do it. He's not switching it up. What I have noticed with these past couple games is some floaters, mm-hmm. Bryn working in floaters, and I think that's just because teams are closing out hard. They know what he does is shoot the basketball, and it gives them kind of – the ability to get in the paint. And Coach Bud has been saying, you know, if you can make that shot, and I know previously it'd be like layup or three-pointer was really kind of the the structure on this team, but you can see Coach just giving the guys a lot of freedom. I mean, Chris Middleton obviously um, is money, no pun intended, from the mid-range area, and Coach Bud is, you know, kind of let him go and flow. And if Bryn Forbes is going to knock down that kind of running floater because teams are closing out, I think Coach Bud is perfectly fine with it. So, Well – 
Bryn Forrest played a couple of years with Tony Parker. So listen, he might have he might have picked up some tips along the way. Uh, Pelicans tomorrow or today, I guess, as most people will be listening to this. Zora, you've got the night off. It's a national TV game, so you'll just be able to hang out, relax, watch this game, take a well-earned break. This is the Bucks owe the Pelicans. This was one of the most disappointing losses of the season. Uh, Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball went absolutely nuts. It's not going to be an easy game. Zion's an all-star. Brandon Ingram's been playing really well. But uh, look, the Bucs, they, they owe them one. They've got to get them back here. For sure. It'll be interesting to see. You know, um, I think the difference in that first game was the three-pointers, as you alluded to, from Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe. Uh, do they shoot that well inside Pfizer for him? I don't know. Eric Bledsoe, pretty familiar with the building. <laughs> you know, you can't help but think that he wants to put on a show when he's playing the Milwaukee Bucks for obvious reasons. So it'll be a fun one. And obviously, you know, Zion, Giannis, uh, who's going to win the battle in the paint is always the question. <laughs> uh, we always say this one, absolutely nothing but the best for Eric Bledsoe. Uh, you know, we obviously wish that it worked out differently here in Milwaukee and he was able to win here. But you've had your one good game. Now just relax, okay? You don't need to you don't need to destroy the Bucks for a second time, all right? You got us the first time, that's totally fine. Zora. We will do this again, you know, pretty soon. The second half of the season. After the all-star break, I'm sure we'll hang out again. But it's always a pleasure. It's always fun. It's always fun to hang out with you. I do miss uh you guys, all you guys over there in, in Milwaukee. So this is great. I know you miss Milwaukee too, Kane. So <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee misses you back. So, yeah, hopefully um, we're towards the end of it and we are all envious of the way you all are able to live over there. So, living through you. <laughs> yeah, no complaints over here. Uh, Bucks and Pelicans, this is a late tip, so be wary of that. 8.30 Central Time, I believe. I'm working off Australian time here. It's a 1.30 p.m. tip for me, so 8.30 sounds right. Anyway, it's a late one, uh, so everyone will be staying up late. We'll be back after that game. I'll be with Frank to wrap that up. But for Zora myself. Stay safe. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.